From KOSU, this is Songwriters and Tour Writers. I'm Matthew Viriapa. On this episode is Oklahoma City rapper JB. His latest project is called This World is So Fragile and Cruel by Nguada Got You. Michael Jordan played with the flu. Tupacalypse Now came out in 92. Melly Mel wrote the message. Besides making music, he's also an activist and community organizer. He was one of the organizers of last weekend's Oklahoma City March, commemorating the March on Washington. He also organized a Juneteenth celebration earlier this summer and released a song with Julius Jones. Jones is a Black Death Row inmate whose petition for clemency has been taken up by JB and others. We talked about how we met Julius, the latest album, and more. I just want to really trust my brother, one hand and make a deal and take a swing with the other. I wanted more money and the problems. Problem solved, never get the law involved, yeah. I used to want my hair like dots effects. And never being scared made my mom stress. One day my whole life changed. I got a whole life and I ain't never been the same. Uh, how have you been navigating these last couple of weeks? Uh, navigating them just, you know, trying to continue to... Uh, to just survive really you know um you know being a musician it's 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 not easy to navigate you know it's been a, it's been a rough couple months but um you know i've had some cool opportunities so i've been trying to take advantage of that and just find creative ways to just stay afloat you know yeah you've had a lot of stuff going on like um end of june you put out your latest album um i know you're setting up like a, a, a restaurant still and you you put out a song with uh, Julius Jones, uh, a man in Oklahoma City who's been um, trying to get off death row. How did that come about? Like, how did you meet Julius Jones? Um, well, I've, I've I've known known about him, you know, since uh, I was in junior high. Um, his mom taught at the school I went to. His sister went to school with me. Um, so whenever. Um, Whenever you know they kind of start picking up steam about with the with this case and with this situation, um, uh, I got in touch with his sister and you know just seeing how I could help. And he he and I started talking on the phone and uh, he would always you know read some of his poems to me and stuff like that. And so I was like, man, we should just do a song for my album. And you read one of your poems, you know, and people can hear your voice and uh, hear you speak. And so we did the song. So it was, it was initially going to be on my album, but I, I decided to, um, to to not put it on there and put it out, you know, separately. Um, you know, I wanted to make it more so about him and not, you know, about my album. Yeah, and you you basically recorded it off off the phone, right? Yeah, we recorded it off the phone. Yeah. You have a prepaid call. You will not be charged for this call. This call is from Julius Jones. An offender at. Oklahoma State Penitentiary. To decline this call, hang up. He did it a few times, and we just kind of got one until it, it sounded good, you know. I'm relenting when the odds are unfair. I'm deterred to equal justice to die me a chair. Now imagine your arms and legs strapped to a chair, a noose unjudiciously choking off your earth, abortions, miscarriages, a bill of particulars to spare, political maestros dehumanizing you without a chair. Please, dear father, are you out there? Lost. I'm drowning, and mother's wedding will be there. Just end it, oh Lord. There's no dollar, I swear. The way that this injustice is just too much to bear. Tired of waiting to this perpetual existence and this repair. 
trying to find the strength to rise after each tear to pray. And then feel mercy. Let's hope that it's not despair. Twenty plus years trapped in the belly of this despair. Fallen angels praying on me throughout this nightmare. Loneliness, feast loneliness, dragging me deeper into despair. They stole and stripped my heart with fickle patience now. Still I choose love to soar. I hide not there. The song was different in the beginning. It was me just talking about being in Oklahoma City and then getting home uh, and getting a letter from him. And then uh, it was kind of like him reading the letter, something like, you know, I got I got home, I got a letter from Julius, and then he, he reads the letter, you know what I'm saying? But uh, after that press conference with the um, general, attorney general, I decided to change it. So, uh, which, you know, was better and why I didn't put it on my album because if I had to put it on my album, it would have been different. You was home having dinner, that's the reason why your family never got a chance to testify. We talk on the phone, you give me hope. You got big plans for when you make it home. Somebody said I'm rapping Oklahoma right. So hard because Oklahoma's trying to take your life. I know a life was lost, I ain't ignoring that. All I'm saying is don't ignore the facts. I can't imagine what your life was like or what you think about when you lay down at night. It's people who killed their time and now they home. It's people trying to send you to the crossroads. All your mom wants is to hug her son. I pray one day they see where we coming from. It's crazy how they kill to show the killing's wrong. Until you free, justice for Julius Jones. So I, I had went to the uh, the Juneteenth block party that you helped organize um, last June. I just wanted to ask, how was it for you performing and seeing all the people that evening? It was dope. I had a great time. Um, people were coming come up to me all night, you know, saying thank you and really glad that we did that. I was just seeing, you know, a lot of people I grew up with, a lot of family, a lot of friends, people from the neighborhood. Um you know, it was it was just people hanging out, you know, dancing, listening to music. Charlie Brown. Don't mess it up, you know. Y'all better know what the Charlie Brown is. Slide to the right. It was just like a like just like a big block party, you know, for the community. You know what I mean? It was it was it was dope. I had I had a great time. I wanna let y'all know we on thirty six and Kelly. We turned all the way up. It's black love, it's black culture, it's black artists. So make some noise. Yeah, I think I even saw like um, some dudes on horses just kind of like uh, off to the side, like somehow dancing on while riding a horse. Like it wasn't like a carnival horse. It just looked like these were dudes that had horses and they came. Yeah, that's 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 like East Side stuff. You know, a lot of our black cowboys live in like Spencer on the East Side, you know, so. Yeah, they'll they'll ride their horses. You'll you'll you'd be on the east side. You'll see horses all the time. Sometimes. Do you mind if I ask you how that that night ended? Because I went with my sister and we had left like I think around like 10 p.m. But I remember hearing like some stuff on social media and seeing like some crazy video about like um, I think it was like a gunshot heard in the area. <laughs> Get down. Get down. Get down. Get down. Get down. Get down. Get down.
Yeah, it was, I mean, there was a little scuffle and some kids started shooting, you know. Um, unfortunately, somebody did get shot, you know, um, and uh, he ended up passing away. You know, that was the hard part. That was the sad part about the night is that it had to end like that. But really, we were pretty much done when all that happened. Here's what Reverend Sherry Dickerson had to say the day after. Dickerson is director of Black Lives Matter Oklahoma City. My heart was broken. I'm sure that it still is. And and many of our our leadership team and our young people are still shaken and sitting in disbelief. Um, We're all sharing community and being community. And, And so what I will not do is allow a very unfortunate and tragic moment to mar the spirit that is bound deeply within the roots of Northeast Oklahoma City and all black lives. Usually, like, you know, I can feel the vibe and, you know, take the temperature in the room, you know what I'm saying? pretty well and I never felt like that you know like anything was gonna pop off you know what I mean like it was it was just so much love in the air so you know it's unfortunate that those things happen you know and uh, we can't let that distract from the fact that you know um, it still was a good night you know what I mean we just have to um, especially as a community you know raise ourselves to a higher standard to where that's not okay you know what I mean and we have to value each other's lives and um, not let those things happen and start to protect each other and be more responsible with our with our emotions and, and situations like that so we don't lose lives, you know. Um, the man who passed away, I actually helped put him in the car, you know what I mean, go to the hospital. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a part of me that feels responsible because that was my event, you know what I mean, and, you know, um, and... Even though it didn't happen during the during our event, you know what I'm saying? Like I know he was probably there for our event, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, I've been going to Juneteenth events my whole life, you know, and that's not the first time that's happened at Juneteenth event, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, but hopefully if when I'm a part of it, that'll be the last time it happens, you know what I'm saying? If it's something that I'm putting on. Thank you all so much for being here. It is my word that next year on Juneteenth, we will be right back here doing this again for y'all. So make sure y'all are here. Make sure y'all are here. One more thing. I know that Juneteenth is all in the news and everybody's talking about it, but we will not let Juneteenth be gentrified, okay? All right? It it will not be gentrified. We wanna make sure that any Juneteenth event that goes on, it needs to be all black. You know what I'm saying? It needs to be all black. If it's a speaker, a musician, whatever. And we're going to continue that right here. So next year, I will see y'all right back here for Juneteenth Block Party. All right, somebody say all right. You know, I want it to still look like us whenever, we're, whenever it's, you know, we get the resources the other parts of town get. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, we want those resources to be for us, not for somebody else moving in. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, like, whatever happens needs to happen with the community in mind. You know what I'm saying? The community that's there right now. How does your music relate to, like, where you come from? 
most of my music is about where I come from. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that's why that's you know that's all I talk about. That's why sometimes um, it takes me so long to put music out because like. You know, I'm I, I t- I'm living life in between those years of me dropping albums, and um, I'm living life in Oklahoma and dealing with things here in Oklahoma City and all of that. So, all of that um, is all of those things end up in my music. What kind of experiences then went into this album? Like, uh, it was about four four years since your last one, right? Yeah, 2016. Uh, really, just a lot of learning. You know, um, a lot of learning, a lot of, you know, uh, work in the community, a lot of personal things that I've dealt with, a lot of uh, loss and death, you know, a lot of uh, friends who were locked up getting released, a lot of friends who were free getting locked up, you know what I'm saying? Like, just just all that stuff, you know, my kids, you know, things like that, Um and really just trying to find a way to express it all. You know, there was a lot of songs that, that that I left off, you know. So I wanted to be transparent but, you know, kind of fit together. So even if the even if the song was say like really, you know, say like political or personal, um and it was what the album is what I was thinking of whenever I was writing the album, when I started started thinking about the album, if the song didn't fit I didn't use it, you know what I'm saying, so. Yeah, power's made perfect in my weakness. Sit the Jameson on days I feel defeated. My face on my shirt, I'm so conceited. My first call from MERS, I couldn't believe it. Underdog, underrated, no competing. My little brother died for no reason. Heal the sick and raise the dead, and I believe it. Can only kill me in your dreams, saw you sleeping. Everything I ever wanted, I'm finally receiving. Other niggas hating, they think that I'm cheating. I wish a nigga would give me a reason. Yeah, could you um kind of go into a little bit more detail about like putting, you know, pen to paper, like some of these experiences? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, for instance, you know, I talk about um, Terrence Crutcher on the album. I talk about Isaiah Lewis in the album. Uh, I talk about, you know, one thing to talk about is the gentrification of the East Side. Um, you know, that's something that, you know, has been very, very important to me. And it's very, it's a very sensitive subject right now for people on, on the East Side. It being a food food desert, you know, the grocery store being tore, torn down and not rebuilt and all these promises, you know, all these things um, or just, you know, things that I wanted to talk about and, and express uh, on the album. Have you had uh, many conversations about kind of the gentrification of the East Side? Yeah, I have. You know, um, a lot of people from the East Side, a lot of black people from the East Side, you know, we feel like, um, you know, we for one, we feel like the East Side has always been a cool place to, to live and be. You know what I'm saying? Uh, before... It was, you know, like now it's like, oh, it's just east of downtown. You can get Thunder Games faster and, and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's always been the spot for us. It's always been, you know, a cool place to live for us. And so I think for the most part, a lot of people, a lot of white people who are not from the east, in their, you know, in their head, they're just like, you know, cheap property, property buy it up, buy it and flip it. You know what I'm saying? Because it's going to be... In five years, it's going to be different, you know. And then there are some people who probably feel like, well, you know, um, 
um, what they're doing is good. Like, you know, they're just moving to the neighborhood. Like I said before, um, if, if we lose our identity, then, you know, that's different. You know what I mean? If, if you move into the neighborhood and move your business to, to the neighborhood and people from the community can't afford to shop there, can't, can't work there, can't afford to eat there, then you don't need to be over there. But if you're, if your business is somewhere people from the community can, can afford to eat, shop, work, all that, then um, that's, that's a different conversation. Now your rent's too high for us to pay it. Your rent's high, your weed's legalized. Locking up the brown folks, security maximized. Becky sell weed, she just trying to feed the kids. My sister do it, she gon' have to do it big. Ginger frying hoods, and we the target. They can't erase so Malcolm X was to Harlem. You can't take what Clara Looper is to... If you, if you want to, to displace people and have them move somewhere else, the first, one of the first things you, you do is you take away their their uh, resources, you take away their food, so they have to move somewhere else to get it. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that happened. And then for families who are um, moving to a new place, a new neighborhood or a new community, the first thing that they look at when they move to a new house is the schools. So if you're trying to attract a certain um demographic of people and you and you change you've already taken their food so this this demographic of people are for, are are forced to be displaced and then you know like you know the with the changing of the the northeast uh high school you know what i mean so that the 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 picture that you're painting regardless of what you say is um called gentrification or the beginning stages of gentrification you know what i mean can you describe like that album uh cover collage for me it's pretty much a collage of things that are important to me and that things that I'm glad I have in my life, you know, and things that I've been, I've dealt with over the past few years. So, um, uh, my friend Nazario, he's a, he's an artist, I believe from Brazil. Um, I met him, I think in 2013, just online and we've been talking for a minute. And so I always loved his collages. And so, um, I just sent him a few pictures of different things. So, a family portrait of myself, my mom, my sisters, whenever we were younger. Um, of course, uh, Julius Jones. There's a picture of Rob Ellison. Um, there's a picture of Douglas High School, the very first Douglas High School. There's a picture of Clara Looper. So, you know, um, things that represent Oklahoma City um, and, and the part of Oklahoma City where I come from, most of those things, you know, I – I've been working with or working on, you know, the past couple of years leading up to this album, whether it was Justice for Julius, whether it was the Claire Looper Legacy Committee, uh, whether it was uh, Ralph Ellison, whatever, you know what I mean? And, you know, I just kind of gave him an idea of, you know, what I wanted to be, you know, things that represent Oklahoma City pretty much. What kind of stuff did you grow up listening to and kind of affected your music? I grew up listening to everything, man. Like, I know people always say that, Everything from Tupac to MS Doom to Company Flow to DMX, Nas to Mace, uh, you know, uh, E-40 was one of my favorites growing up. Uh, Snoop was one of my favorites growing up. So, you know, I, I listened to literally, like, everything from, you know, independent underground to, like, mainstream. If I asked you, like, like to to cover someone else's rap song, like just right now, like off the cuff, 
what's what's one song that's just like ingrained into your mind like you know every bar you know every word uh probably ghetto boys my mind playing tricks on me i sit alone in my four-cornered room staring at candles that's the first song I ever I ever ever memorized. I my one of my favorite verses is the is the Willie B verse. Um, I make big money, I drive big cars, everybody know me, it's like I'm a movie star. Late at night, something ain't right. I feel I'm being tailed by the same suckers headlights. I make big money, I drive big cars, everybody know me. It's like I'm a movie star, but late at night, something ain't right. I feel I'm being tailed by the same suckers headlights. Is it that move that I ran off the block? How old were you when you you memorized that? Uh, man, I probably was like six or seven. Wow, what'd your mom think about you like trying to to memorize that rap at six or seven? I mean, my, my parents was playing playing the music for us. You, you gotta understand, my mama had us when she was a teenager, so she was a young kid listening to rap music too. You know what I'm saying? My mom about my mom be getting getting ready for work in the morning and before we got up for school, we probably we get up for school at eight and she'd be getting up for work at like six, getting ready, and she she bumping Tupac on her on her system, you know what I'm saying? So my mama had beats in her car for her for her to bump her music. You know how them cars you run down the street and the and the music is bumping in the 90s? My mama had a car like that. So like she, you know what I'm saying? Like that's what I grew up on. Yeah, that parental advisory sticker didn't really mean anything, I guess. Yeah, my mom used to buy, she used to go out and go to Dallas and come back with all kind of rap CDs for me to listen to, like new stuff people hadn't heard yet. You know what I'm saying? That's really interesting. So do you think like your taste and her taste are like pretty similar then? Yeah, definitely. What does she think of uh, your rap music? Oh, she loves it. Yeah, she loves it since I was a kid. Yeah, she loves it. She's, you know, she always gives me pointers and all that. My mom can work two jobs if I can learn to ride the bus. We can have a Christmas if they keep us on free lunch. I can get new shoes if my uncle do my fade. We can eat spaghetti because spaghetti lasts for days. Let them cut the lights. We heat our home with the oven. I can get new clothes if I can share them with my brother. Everything was beautiful. Nothing hurt. I saw it coming. It's all real easy. Make it something out of You're listening to JB's song, Hope. If you're liking the podcast, please leave a review and subscribe if you want. In the second half of this episode, we'll dig more into the album and its influences. And you'll definitely want to stick around to the end because it might just be one of my favorite moments in this podcast. I ain't superstitious. I don't knock on wood. Don't believe in karma. Things happen how it should. I should be rich, but I ain't. Should live forever. I can't. Trying to show them love. Made them hate me more. I think a really cool thing that you did was you you credited the the producers pretty much like i think on the the back uh cover of the uh album just like saying this was produced by x y person a lot of times they kind of just tend to be you know left off uh, so what was the process like with some of these producers it was it was like you know m- most of them i hadn't worked with before so that was fun but um really just getting a chance to work with producers who were like really big in the industry 
was probably the best part. You know, S1, he's produced for Kanye. Um, of course, 88 Keys is a legend. So it was just a chance to work with, you know, really, like, prestigious producers. When you, like, kind of started working with these guys, and I, I think um, you worked with Allie Warren, right? What did you kind of tell them? Well, with working with Allie, like, I would tell her, like, what I wanted the song to be about, give her some words. Uh, I would send her, like, songs that I heard that I was kind of, like, in the theme of. Um, so, like, I sent her, uh, like, Forgot to Get to Heaven. I sent her this country song. I can't remember the name, name of the song. Hold on, let me look. Uh, her name is, it's called, the song is called Little Love, and her name is Lissy or something like that, L-I-S-S-I-E. Away, hey day, daydreaming someday, be better off. Majority pine and decline to its death in a Florida swamp. What was it about that song? I just like what she was saying. She was saying, um, I think she was saying something about, you know, making it to heaven or something like that. I'm gonna get to heaven. I'm gonna get to heaven. I'm gonna get to heaven, all right. Just the, the, the words that she was saying on like a certain part and then how she was saying it. So when I, when I, whenever I had the idea for Gotta Get to Heaven, I sent that song to uh, Ali. I'm feeling blue with every passing second. Sitting behind centers in front of the reverend. Me and your favorite rapper got the same schedule. I never really knew what made me special. I'm feeling worse, but there's nobody better. See, when the table's ready, then God will text it. That's when I knew we was talking about two different sections. There's King with sparklers and waitress half naked. I had heard somewhere that um, you had ran like this marathon. Like, I think it was Oklahoma City, like, um, probably memorial marathon and throughout it you were just listening to nipsey hustle yeah um it was after he died and people were saying the marathon continues the marathon continues and so the oklahoma bond memorial marathon actually came up like i want to say like a, a couple of weeks after that and so i was like you know the marathon continues i need to run the marathon then you know what i'm saying and so i just made a long probably like you know uh, a couple hour playlist of Nipsey and just played that and just ran and ran and ran and listened to him the whole time and was running and rapping. Was there a song that like really just kept you going like an Eye of the Tiger kind of song by him? Oh yeah, probably Grinding All My Life. I had on, I had that on there a few times. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice. That's why all my life, I been grinding all my life. Look. I would play it whenever I got tired. If I wanted to stop running and start walking, I would play that song and just hype myself back up into running. I'm married to this gang. That's who I made my wife. Said I die alone. I told that bitch she probably right. One thing that's for sure, not a stranger to this life. Got a safe that's full of Franklin's and a shoulder full of stripes. I don't know a nigga like myself. I say self-made. The song No Allegiance, um, I wrote that after, right after he died. You know, that song was was influenced by him. I actually had a, and I used a couple of his lines in that song too. 
and then I was I had actually had my homeboy sample a Nipsey Hussle song that I was gonna use and sample his voice as the hook. Then I was like, nah, that's too much. Yeah. 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 Reminiscing, getting tipsy with my homies bumping Nipsey. Got niggas who really bang, who identify with the 60s. Been a minute, she said she missed me. Love community, it lift me. Do it for your people, watch it come back sincerely. Maneuver through the manure, I was moving, trying to fix me. Most these niggas ain't my niggas, they just niggas trying to end me. Just cause you speak your truth, don't mean it ain't a lie to me. Plenty people out here living, but really they died to me, yeah. See, humble yourself to be exalted in a tomb or in a coffin, blood bought debts paid. So if you living, then it's cost. And I ain't religious, I ain't conscious, I ain't Taleb, I ain't common. Making something out of nothing with no signs. There is this bar though where um, I'm trying to remember the exact, and you know, definitely correct me if I'm misquoting you, but it's essentially like I'm not conscious, uh, and you kind of name drop rappers who are kind of known to be conscious rappers like common probably yeah what is it about like that label that you kind of are like a little bit apprehensive taking on i just feel like you know like for instance i don't know that much about common's background but i know for sure like talib quali like we grew up different it's like it just it just bugs me out because I don't even know their music that much like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I just feel like because I rap about a certain thing, people will try to put you in a box and say, you just like them. You're a conscious rapper. or you're, It's like, no, like, I'm not. You know what I'm saying? And I, di- I didn't just start being like this. Like, a lot of rappers who, who would say, like, back then, like, years ago, Common and, um, and Talib was weak and, you know, they was too preachy or whatever. Like, it's trying to rap like that now. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, all I'm saying is, like, I've been I've been like this. I've been doing this. And uh, I'm not like anybody. I'm, I'm from Oklahoma. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm, I'm, if, if anything, I sound like Oklahoma. What is it like going into, like, different music scenes on tour and saying, yeah, I'm, I'm a hip-hop artist. I'm a rapper from Oklahoma. Because hip-hop isn't really something that, the state is really known for? Um, it's I mean, for me it's I have fun doing it because because of that reason. I think because of that reason, you know, people will uh pay more attention to you. You know what I mean? And you could be you could be sitting next to somebody who's way doper than you, but you know, all you gotta do is be dope and then stay from Oklahoma and they like, Oh, well shoot. Well, the other person is from New York. We hear New York rappers all the time, but we, we don't really know. We don't really hear nobody from Oklahoma. So I'm trying to see what you're talking about. You know what I mean? So it's never been something that, that's like that hindered me or that I didn't like. I embrace it because um, it's part of my story. You have a lot of uh, great rap features on this um, entire album, too. A track that really caught my eye was um, Checkmate because the pair that you have on there are just like so unexpected like how did you get slug and little b like two rappers that i feel are on totally different ends of the spectrum so i've known little b for a long time probably since like 2010 i've known slug for a few years i met him through merce
I had the song pretty much done and written. I hit up Lil B first, and he sent me six, a 16 bar of verse. And then I told Slug I had Lil B on it, and it was produced by Static, so he was definitely down to do it for that reason. I just ended up actually just cutting Lil B's verse down to a uh, to a chorus, to a hook, and uh, yeah, none of them had worked together before before that. I ain't trying to die till I really live. Some people had to die so I can really live. You say you real, so you feel this. You only real to who you real with. Fake niggas always brag about they realness. Saying grace with the devil on they plate, yeah. Probably kissing Judas in the face. Some homies slip you up, some try to keep you in your place. I'm staying focused on the background. I gotta look behind my back. I'm moving back now. I gotta go back in town. Niggas say I'm moving forward, but I'm back down. Pain of life is the pain to life. I'm moving forward, I'm just moving right. Say fuck it, I ain't gonna go left. I'm moving straight. Checkmate. Trying to stay as positive as possible Sometimes you feel like you're running out of options though I made a promise to that bitch in the mirror Now I illustrate my picture just a little bit clearer As a kid I didn't have it But if you offer me the opportunity to grab it I wanted it, not so I could flaunt it Just so I could hide it in my basement And take it out occasionally Appreciate it as a grown ass man Now I know that's a scam So how did that, like no offense to, to Slug at all But like Little B is very... His presence on the internet and like just kind of culture in general is very out there. How did your relationship start with him? Uh, whenever he was with the pack, he came to uh, he was on tour with Bone Thugs and Harmony, and they played the Diamond Ballroom, and I opened up for him, and so um, we exchanged information, and I never hit him up, you know, but. I want to say, like, a couple years later, I was in L.A. walking down, um, like, Fairfax or something. I saw him, and he remembered me from Oklahoma. He's like, yo, Oklahoma, you never hit me up, you know. And so um, ever since then, we just stayed in touch, you know. And, um, yeah, he's he's out there, man, you know what I mean? But he's a, he's probably one of the nicest people I've ever met, you know, and um, – and legit, you know what I'm saying? And Teddy, if he says he'll do something, he'll do it. That's a trait that I feel like is must be rare in the, the music industry or like entertainment industry. Yeah, it, that it's rare. And it's rare for somebody to remember you, not only remember you, but remember where you're from too. You know what I'm saying? Years later. How about some of the, the, the other features that you've gotten on this album? Well, Propaganda... Um, He's another friend of mine I've known for some years, and we've collabed before. And, um, you know, he's somebody who always encourages me, checks on me like a big brother and looks out for me and, you know, kind of calls me on my BS a lot. And so with this being, with this album being what it was, you know, um, I wanted him to do the intro, you know, and not do a verse, but like, you know, write a poem. And uh, it was, it was dope. JB. I think I can tell you've been spending some time in the mirror recently, the mirror. And you've stopped misreading your reflection, this is great. As if you've never believed what it showed you. As if by sheer force of will, you could project your desired reality. Rather than just letting it show you what everyone else sees. 
As if stubbornness could bend light. As if your imagined version of you is so hood, so OG, so gangbang, that you could bully a mirror into running that face for you. Metaphorical, he's a friend of mine from, from, uh, from Arizona. And I've known him for some years, too. That was a song we recorded, actually, for we were going to do an EP together, but we just never got around to finishing it or putting it out. So um, uh, we've had that, that song done for a while. We live in a place so free with politics and religion praise on me with no cares of when the next mistake's going to be. I was told that success was the past and your peers, but I learned success is getting past all your fears. From the past, I've been an ass all these years with minimal drive out of gas all these years. Tears shedded, deadly friendships, years headed toward forgetting interest. Angry ex upset because I end shit, all from a text she had sent with. We discussed religion, and she said that I was a heathen. Should be dead and lucky that I was still breathing And all of the bad that happened, I was the reason Cause God can fix anything in less than a season uh, I guess one last thing is um, If I asked you to kind of summarize like Like the, the story of, of this album um, What would it be? I think the story is just um, This world is so fragile and cruel I'm glad I got you But I think that you know, the idea um, kind of floats throughout the climate that we're living in right now, whether it's um, just appreciating um, the people around you and the time we have. I was diagnosed with stomach cancer at age 36. This world is fragile and cruel, but I'm glad I got you. If it's the injustice and the and the um, issues that we're dealing with in this country regarding, you know, uh, black people, you know, um, this world is fragile and cruel. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm glad I got you. guess i i want to just end it on this note um the last thing that me and my sister had uh seen at that uh, juneteenth event was um joshua uh till just kind of give some last remarks about about the night after he basically like spent 30 minutes just um doing like the cupid shuffle and stuff like that for me it was the the thing that i took away the most from that event so uh, I really appreciate you coming, taking the time out to sit and talk with me. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate it, bro.
Go to ksu.org to find out more about JB and a list of the songs that were included in this episode. You can also catch a show, Grand Union Radio, 11 p.m. on Saturdays, on The Spy. Songwriters and Tour Writers is a production of KOSU and the service of Oklahoma State University. Our editor is Ryan McCroy, and our cover art was created by Terry Ferris. You can find Songwriters and Tour Writers wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. I'm Matthew Viriapa.